0: Hello and welcome to the F the Glitter podcast. The podcast that is centered around highlighting women of color in the world of graphic design, brand design and marketing strategy. I am your host, Ashley of A Louise Creative, and today I have the honor of having Katani Brahman as a guest with us. Katani is the owner and lead creative at The K District. She is the creative's creative. She helps other businesses, creative entrepreneurs hone in and learn the business side of running their business. And then she handles the marketing collateral, the branding web strategy to make sure that the assets that she provides for them actually work so that they get their return. This is actually Katani's second episode with us. So I'm too hyped because I feel like I know her now. Like it's been almost a year and I feel like we're like, best friends. It's awesome. And I'm so hyped that she loved us enough to come back. So for those of us who have not met Katani yet, tell us about yourself in the K district.
1: Hey guys. Well, Ashley, you did a great job at doing it. So, But I can add on, yes, I'm the creative creative. I, Yes, that's what. My team and I do, and that's what we are. And we do brand design, brand strategy, brand consulting, everything brand, <laughs> and <laughs> everything, everything about your brand that's outside. Not only, you know, do we help you with your brand identity, we brand, we help you with your branding all overall. So there's a lot of things that go into branding that have nothing to do with your visuals. So. Gotcha. So You talk about your message. You talk about your positioning. We talk about whether or not your fees match your brand. That's a big, that's been a big topic for the past. Man, so. man. And so, yes, that's what I do for the most. I have some team members. I have some team members that help you out with what, what, ex- what they are experts in, whether it's video or social media or marketing or PR. We got, we, we, we're your one-stop shop.
0: Okay. Well, we got like we, we have kind of in history, like we first met with May of last year, technically now, this is January 2021. So we met May of 2020. Yeah. And when we first started recording, and um, things have changed, like so much since then, we had just been two months into quarantine when we did our first recording. So like, how have things changed since our last recording to now? Like, what are some adjustments that you had to make in business in order to get this far and still be an independent and
1: entrepreneur? Um, a lot of scrapping and a lot of tenacity. You know, (laughs) I was, I did a, I did a trans. I do have a, um, a Facebook community and I did a little transparency moment in there. And I said that even though I did suffer some loss financially, I also, I also had gains. Okay. In my, in my business. And I said, you know, I utilized what I call now COVID funds to make (laughs) up the difference in what I lost from the, from 20, there was a, you know, the difference between my 2019 revenue and my 2020 revenue uh, was made, the difference was made up with the, what I call COVID funds. And, but because of that, I was, I was still able to do most of the things that I had planned on doing in 2020. I had planned on doing more speaking engagements in 2020, and most of those were, most of those were canceled because they were in person. They had no, um, they had no plans to do them virtually. The ones that I were allowed to do virtually, I did, but it it wasn't many at all. But at the same time, I also decided to host my own event. Okay. And I believe that was right after we spoke. Really? So I couldn't, um, I didn't, I didn't promote it because I knew that my episode was going to air after, after the, the event was going, was going to go on. But yes, I had, I, I put on an, I put on an event called create to elevate virtual expo. And I okay. had eight speak. It was myself and eight other speakers. It was an all day thing. Wow. Well, so I we mean, how did it go? It went very well. I had, um, I had about 50 or so people register it was a free event so and it was I literally put it together in like a month okay (laughs) and we had about we had about 50 registered I think about 35 to 40 actually attended the Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah I had other agency owners I had PR people sales people um uh, one was an illustrator and more of like a fine artist Mm -hmm. and yeah it was I felt good about it. I plan on doing another one this May.
0: I thought the to ask, "Are so you going to do it again?"
1: <laughs> and eventually, I believe I'm going to take it once we're out of quarantine completely. I believe I'm going to make it an, an annual thing, you know, as okay. well in person as well. That's what's up. That's what's up. So last time we spoke, uh, we talked about like how
0: you knew you wanted to get in the industry, if this was full-time side gig and how you feel about representation of women in our industry. We're not gonna do that this time because I talked to you already. We're gonna talk about the fun stuff this time. Like this time, like I I feel like I know you. Like we we Facebook and we text and all kind of stuff. So I feel like I feel (laughs) like we're close, you know. Um, so I remember when I decided I was gonna do season two. Cause at first I wasn't sure if I was gonna do season two when I said I was gonna do season two. The first episode I do, we're going to talk about, bitch, better have my money. And who better to talk about that with than you? Because <laughs> I feel like you understand. <laughs> You understand how important it is to have that conversation, not just within the office, but like with your client and like setting yourself and putting yourself in position to make sure that your client understands before they even talk to you, this is gonna cost you, and you need to understand it's gonna cost you. So, like for someone who is looking to have their brand developed. Like from start to finish, somebody to lead them through setting up their values and their mission and um, the hierarchy of what's important, what's sacred, what's not, what can be changed. And then the identity portion, how much can you, honestly, how much should you tell people that like, this is what you should expect to spend when you're looking for a professional
1: to put this together for you? All right. So that is actually... part a a chapter in my in my little ebook Mm -hmm. Um, I need a graphic designer now what and that is what I the base so what the the basic basic thing I talk about is put your designer in your shoes okay Mm -hmm. so this is the example that I always give and this is for this is for other graphic designers who are just starting out as well as people who are looking to hire a designer so Mm -hmm. But I'm going to talk to, I'm going to, I'm going to phrase it. I'm going to frame it from the designer's point of view. I'm a graphic designer. I am fresh out of college. I don't have much experience, right? Mm-hmm. I'm already in college. Don't have much experience. Mm-hmm. And someone approaches me about a logo. Now I'm in school. I have a general idea of how much, uh, how much time a logo takes. And I live, I, I researched based on my research and a little bit of Googling, I learned that a graphic designer makes, uh, even at the entry level, makes X amount of money, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm an entry-level graphic designer. Someone comes to me about about a logo. I'm going to, I decide I'm going to give them three concepts. If I do the proper, notice I said proper, consultation and Mm -hmm. research that we do before we get to the sketching phase, Mm -hmm. at the very least, I'll say three hours of work right? Mm -hmm. Initially, then you need to sketch them. If you're quick, say two to three hours again, Mm -hmm. but now we're at six, right? Mm -hmm. You present the, you present the client with your sketches. They choose one. We're not going, we're not doing less than an hour. So anything, even if it took five minutes, one hour, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say client, let's say for example, best case scenario, client loved one of the concepts. All you need to do is refine it a little more, right? Mm -hmm. So go, that little bit of back and forth in exchange, that's another hour, seven, right? Then you refine it. You only have to do one revision. That's you present it to them. They love it. That's eight hours, right? Mm-hmm. That little bit of exchange. Now mm-hmm. that it, now we have, to, but they have one more, they have one more little tweak and also you have to, you have to do all the color variations. So let's say at the end of, let's, let's just say at the end of everything, it took you about 10 hours of work. Now, Mm -hmm. based on my research, a graphic designer, even at the entry level, last time I checked, Glassdoor said $17 an hour. I think that's atrocious. I made $20 an hour over 10 years ago as an entry-level designer. So the fact that it has gone down, the fact that it has gone down is a little crazy to me, but Mm I don't wanna do I don't wanna do seventeen dollars an hour in my head. So let's just say twenty dollars an hour. So ten so twenty dollars an hour times hours hours of work is two hundred dollars. At minimum. Yes. So what so that was for you designers. Now think about now for you, the non-designers, think of think about what you do in your work. And the next time you want to approach A graphic designer and you want them to do your logo for $50 do you want to work for 10 hours for $50 if not then you should not expect us to work 10 hours for $50 right so that is the example that is in my that is one of the examples that is in my book and that is the example that I that's the little Phoebe example that I give out to um, to the world when people um, talk about things Another thing that I am not going to take credit for this, I, re- I recently attended a pricing workshop from another, um, from another create, um, owner of a creative agency where, you know, he is at the top tier. Like, say, where I would charge $10,000 for a project, he would charge $25,000 for a project, you know? You're talking about uh, the future, Chris Dell. No, this person is also, um, this person is also wax. Okay. Um, um, his name, his name is Jacques, and I forget his last name. But okay. he, um, I follow. I follow him as well, and he um, gave a little presentation on pricing the other day. And people always talk about the what. People always talk about how much they hate the "what's your budget" question. Mm-hmm. Now I no longer ask that question. Me neither. Ask, my question is: Have you reviewed the rates on our website? The starting <laughs> rates on our website, and are you prepared to make such an investment? It, should we move forward? That's uh-huh. my question. But for the people who do have the what's your budget question, and this time I'm going to talk to non-designers. He talks about the problem. The problem is I'm hot. Right? Uh-huh. That's the customer's problem. Uh-huh. I am a person who solves the p- people's problems who are hot, but I have different solutions for that problem. And I ask, what's your budget? They hate that question, right? So uh-huh. he says, well, if your budget is a dollar, my solution is I'll give you a bottle of water. Right. But if you're, but if your budget is $10,000, my solution will be a state of the art central air conditioning system. Right. So, and, and I have everything in between, whether it's a fan or a window air and all other stuff. So that is the analogy. When people ask what, when people ask what your budget, it's not because they are going to just charge you whatever they want to charge Astronomical you. That's not, that's not, that's not the, that's not the thing. That's not, that's not what we're trying to do here. The, right. the. The reason why we ask that question is because we want to know what to offer you. Right. I'm not going to spend time selling you my $10,000 package if your budget is only $2,000. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what we can do within our $2,000 package. And if then, and then if I feel that you need more, or even if I feel you don't even need that right now, based on our conversation, you, Mm -hmm. I actually might save you money. Right. But that's just me. and I'm going to speak and and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's most professional designers and not even designers just professionals. who if that question is a part of the you know of the consultation process that's with Mm -hmm. any professional what's your budget is a part of the process
0: yeah I think a lot of times when um I don't even ask that question anymore either and honestly I don't even give an option to to open that up it's more of a okay well let's talk about what you need and what you need think what is your ultimate goal what do you define as success and people kind of get taken aback when I ask that question but honestly I'm asking you I'm like all right so say for example they contact me and they need a website built it's like okay well what do you need the website to do and they're like well I was like no 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 what do you want to not have to do yourself that you need the website to do? Because when you purchase a website, you're purchasing an additional employee, a robot, an automated employee for your business so that you don't have to do these particular steps every time you encounter somebody. What do you need this to do? What is the goal? What is the ultimate goal? And with that, I can tell you, all right, well, you're going to need one, two, three, A, B, C, X, Y, Z plus F. And they are like, Oh okay. Well, how much does that cost? Well, that's going to cost 5500 or that's going to cost $8,000. Well, what if I just get this? Well, you can just get this, but it's not going to work as well as this over here. Because one thing I've learned is as a creative who provide services for businesses like you said they hire us to create a problem to fix a problem not create a problem to create a solution for the problem that they're having right and so it's kind of like when you go to the car dealership or when you go to the car service right you go to the mechanic and you say my car is broke i need you to fix it they don't say oh well how much are you willing to spend to fix it they say hey you're gonna need a new motor it's gonna cost you eight grand yeah. <laughs> you're like, Oh, okay, well, let me get my money together or I guess I need to buy a new car. That's it. There is no in between or maybe or cannot go over here? It's no, you, you take it or you don't, but this is what I got, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's the approach that I take, you know? That's why at the end of my consultations, I say, based on what you've sp- spoken to me today, I recommend X package. Mm-hmm. And this is what's included and this is how much it costs. Now, if they researched me, they already saw what was included. They already saw how much it cost. So I'm just reiterating it. A lot of times, right. I real, I realized a lot of people don't even go to my web don't even go to my website. They was like, yeah, I so saw I saw a couple of things, and and you know such and such recommended me recommended you, and I decided to contact you. Yep. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, so. well, just
0: know that uh, I'm not <laughs> new. So you go you go pay for it. Exactly. So here's the next question. Um. Invoicing. So I get a lot of questions and I mean, you know, this is this is to open up the conversation because I realize that a lot of people don't like to talk about money. I don't know how we became a a country. That or an industry, like just the service industry, like we need money in order to function, but we're so afraid to talk about it. And I learned early on you can't be afraid to ask for the sale. You can't be afraid to ask for the money. Like you, you can't, like, because how they supposed to know they gotta pay you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I cannot be afraid to say, Hey, I'm about to send you this invoice. I'm just letting you know it's gonna show up and it's due on X date. So, like, how would you advise people who um new graphic designers or new marketing? consultants people who don't have a physical tangible something to exchange like how would you advise them to enforce their invoicing and the dates associated with the invoices
1: I would advise having systems in place whatever that system is that's going to keep that uh, keep on top of it for you Mm -hmm. and there are many ways that you can do that there are very low cost options for you to do that and there are even some free options Mm -hmm. I personally I personally use Square Square has Square has reminders Mm -hmm. I set them and I forget about them and I let the client know I'm like I have a system that is pretty much going to inundate you with emails until you pay it (laughs) yes so i mean and i i, I kind of personalize it I'm, like, I'm gonna be honest i i would personally be annoyed so i would just go ahead and pay it so i'm just i'm just warning you that it's not me personally constantly right. asking you for this because i don't have that kind of time i don't, probably don't say that part but they you know i said my system is auto- my system is automated my invoicing system is automated so when you get these invoicing emails You know, it's it's because it's because we. That's how when you initiated the contract, that it was set up that way. That you would that these would go out at certain points in time. Yeah. So if you are really afraid to really talk to people about money, uh, or about invoicing, whether or not you know, especially if it's late or anything like that, set up these automated systems to do it for you. If you Mm -hmm. are a little bit more, if you are a little bit more courageous. There are different ways to um, do that, and I have. funny I have a pricing. I I did. All right, so my three the that one, the first book I talked about was that I need a graphic designer. I also right. did one for service professionals. One was prices uh, one is a mini mini course. Price yourself for profit, and another one is and another one is like a little ebook called how the how to raise your prices, and the. And remember, in the price yourself for profit, there are a couple of rebuttals. There are a couple of rebuttals and scripts that you can use for different for different scenarios. So they are, you know, if it's someone late, hey, I noticed that. I noticed that, you know, such and such such and such invoice is x x amount of days late. Please let me know when we can expect payment. If you are having any, if you are having any trouble or if you are having any issues, please let me. um, Please feel free to reach out to me so that we can work out a payment schedule. So that kind of that kind of softens the blow. Like you know, you're calling them out, but you're also you know showing a little bit of concern, saying that you know, hey, you know, maybe this person is going through a tough time right now. So you know, just let them know that you're not just going to demand money. You know you're just going you're going to the first the first couple of times you reach out you're just going to show a little bit of concern but still give me my
0: right I agree we're gonna pause the recording for a second Mm -hmm. we're gonna pay a couple bills and then we're gonna come back this year Ftheglitter.com is also the home of the ETG Creatives, a directory of professional, vetted, and experienced women of color who are graphic designers, brand designers, web designers, illustrators, publicists, copywriters, and other creative professionals. If you're looking to get listed on a trusted platform, or if you're looking to hire a woman of color creative with a proven track record, then you need to go to www.ftheglitter.com for more information. That is E-F-F-T-H-E-G-L-I-T-T-E-R dot com. We're back, and before we took the break, we were talking about how to enforce your invoicing policy or invoicing um, the dates, how to get clients to actually pay on time um, and, to, and to respect the invoicing process, period. Um, I know Katani, you were saying that uh, there are ways to soften the blow as far as um, you know, making sure that people understand that, hey, this is gonna come back like it's gonna keep reminding you until you pay it it's not me personally but it's my automated invoicing software Um, i know with uh my clients i tell them straight up look i use i use square shout out to square hey i'd love a you know a sponsorship endorsement whatever but i use square and um i do a set reminders but then in my initial invoice i put like a little letter in the initial invoice like when it sends the email says hey you've purchase the A. Louise Creative, you know, custom branding package, the total cost of your package is X amount of dollars. And this invoice will repeat X amount of times during the life of our project. And Mm -hmm. if you do not pay it on time, it's going to continue to send you reminders until that, that, that. So you can expect to receive an invoice on these dates. And so I have it set up to, you know, send it on several dates, but -hmm. also send a welcome packet with their contract in it to let them know you know, hey, these are the best ways to contact me. This is what I expect from you. This is what you can expect from me. And these are the dates you definitely gonna hear from me, no matter what's gonna happen. You're gonna hear from me on these dates because these are the dates that the invoices are due. And yeah. I kind of do that to avoid that whole, hey, um, well, I kind of need you to pay me, but I know we haven't quite gotten as far as you would like on the project. It's more like a no. So whether we get to this part of the project or not, this is still due. So I'm going to be contacting you on these dates. So from a professional to a consumer, I guess, what would you like to, to kind of, to tell them? Cause this is just about, you know, other designers listening to designers or other professionals talking to professionals, but this is like, I'm speaking to a client. What is a way that you would advise a client to kind of like receive that? You know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily a, but
1: it's like, I would advise a client to realize that you are paying for someone's time. They have a business to run. And, you know, you agree to these terms. You agree to their their terms when you sign their contract and that includes their payment terms. So if you don't believe you can keep up with the payment schedule that they have set, talk to them. You know, a lot of us are pretty reasonable, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially people who are, especially people who are, you know, veterans in the game, seasoned. I realize that we might be, uh, for lack of a better word, a little more lenient than someone who is used to not being paid all the time. And that's mm-hmm. maybe, that might be a testament to the, either the, the way they're presenting themselves as a brand or a business owner or the type of clientele they're going after, which still kind of is representation of their brand.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and that's
1: another conversation for another day,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be a panel discussion. honey That is going to be a panel. I'm looking for my schedule right now. So I can figure out how I'm going to do that.
1: <laughs> so, but for speaking if you're speaking to someone who has been in the game for a while and realize that shit happens sometimes. We don't uh-huh. always have money. We don't always, you know, we don't always, you know, like I said, shit happens sometimes. Right. What right. happens when you what happens when you think you can't make your cable bill or your phone bill. You give them a call and you ask for some type of arrangement or extension mm-hmm. or so on and so forth so that you're showing that you're still going to make a commitment to pay right but you just need a little bit more time
0: right. you know
1: graphic designers and marketing and marketing professionals and other service providers a lot not going to say I'm not going to say all of us or even most of us but a lot of us are fairly reasonable. So if you keep that open line of communication, if you keep that open line of communication, and you know you want to work, but you know something happened and you can't do it, reach out. Don't be afraid.
0: Right, I agree. I totally agree. And I think that goes the same way with as a prof- as a creator professional to the client. If you got backed up or if something happens, you gotta reach out, y'all. You have to tell these people because it's not fair to not give them the option to make a decision to fix it for themselves. You know what I mean? Like you can't just assume, oh, if I just don't say anything, maybe they'll forget or just let it go or they'll disappear. Like you can't ghost these people. You cannot ghost these people. You have to say if your lights go out, if your internet goes out, there's a hurricane coming or if you just get backed up, some things happen with us too. You know what I mean? Like if something happens, you got to tell these people, Hey, look, I know this is our initial deadline, but we got we gotta pull it back a little bit. Let mm-hmm. me know what you wanna do in order to rectify the situation, but as an advice, we do not give money back unless it's a last resort. okay? Mm-hmm. I'm letting y'all know that now. you cannot eat off of refunds, so mm-hmm. just remember that. but I'm looking dead at the microphone when I said it, like y'all, you cannot eat <laughs> off a of refund. <laughs> but you do you have to communicate like it goes both ways you have to communicate with your client to let them know hey I got backed up I'm still working on it I'm still here but it just it just
1: won't happen today you know what I mean yeah in the past five years Mm -hmm. I've given two refunds Mm -hmm. one was a crazy lady client and I just needed her to get off my back so here 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 (laughs) okay my god and it wasn't even a full refund it was a partial right and then she charged back for the rest I won it you know what <laughs> I won the charge back
0: those people earn it they do they earn it and they get what they deserve when that happens because I, I had a I had a nightmarish client a couple years ago and everything was approved she got it and then she got it she didn't like it and I was like well I can't refund you the design because that was time that was taken out to actually put it together I said now I can refund you the cost of production because you know you bought something you weren't happy with it all right that's cool you know but I can't give you back my time and so she was like okay fine you know she was cool with it and so I gave her the the production cost back and she charged me back anyway I was like oh okay okay but then six months later want to hit me up talk about yeah I'm ready to move forward move forward nope. with what there is no moving forward you we, we that's it we done exactly <laughs> you defied my trust when you did that charge back
1: like no yeah no 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 the and then the other refund was uh you know team dropped the ball the mm-hmm. it was a it was a simple it was a simple 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 job it wasn't even i don't even think the job was a hundred dollars so first of all it was nothing for me to give that back Mm-hmm. And number, um, uh, number two, it was just a simple, it was just a simple print job that was botched. Mm-hmm. And because, the, because I don't live, because I'm not near my print facility, mm-hmm. unless I get samples sent to me, I am not, I am not over, I am not overseeing like, you know, production quality. I right. am trusting, you know, the production manager, you know, mm-hmm. who is the head of that facility to do to that for, to, to handle that for me. And mm-hmm. it was first, it was the, um, first it didn't get shipped out on time. And it wasn't the fault of the delivery. It was, I think it was UPS. It wasn't the fault of UPS. It mm-hmm. was the fault of, it was the fault of the print team. It wasn't mm-hmm. included. It was supposed to be, it was, a she needed it pretty quickly. So it was mm-hmm. supposed to be over, um, and I, so if I I knew if I did two day shipping or three three days, two day shipping, it would be it would have gotten there. It would have gotten there, but it had to be picked up at a fire a particular day. Uh-huh. And it just was and that and her order just wasn't included. UPS picks oh. up at six P UPS picks up at six PM their time, five thirty six uh-huh. PM their time. Um the her order just wasn't included in the pickup. Oh no. So now it wasn't in, so then so wasn't I real there to get so, on time exactly, and then so then I, I worked it out to have it overnighted at no additional cost to her, mm-hmm. right? So that happens, and then when it did, when then when she when it arrives, it's the wrong finish. She wanted a, like a silk like a silk finish or something like mm-hmm. that, and it was like this cheap looking glossy finish,
0: Ugh.
1: and yeah, and yeah. then even when I, I looked at the paperwork definitely Mm -hmm. and then I realized there was something on my part that I that I overlooked I didn't Mm -hmm. reiterate I didn't reiterate reiterate to them because it was a very special project it was like a semi-gloss on one side and then like a silk on another like a silk Mm -hmm. on the other side something like that so there's something that I missed and then but I did but I did tell a person over the phone but because it wasn't in the notes like it just you know it got dropped yeah things got, things got lost in translation so of course I gave her her um gave her her money back you just spent like 80 dollars on 25 tickets yeah. <laughs> you know you know that's a lot of money but that's a lot of money to print 25 tickets yeah
0: well i stopped doing uh luxury stationery because of stuff like that like mm-hmm. i um I was, you know, I did commercial graphic design for a while and then I took a break. I had, you know, I got married, had kids. I decided I was gonna go back to school and get my master's degree in psychology. You know, I was finally going to use it. And then um had my first daughter and decided, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. <clears throat> go back to graphic design. I'm gonna go back to graphic design. So um we moved from Atlanta to Louisiana and we uh, and I decided that I was going to start designing wedding invitations wedding stationery I had seen this uh, one designer on Instagram and I admired her stuff I was like I can do that I can totally do that like she did like boxes and velvet and foil stamp and I'm in love with how full stamp and then she introduced yeah. me to letterpress I was just scrolling through her Instagram I saw letterpress and I was like oh I'm doing that I'm totally doing that and so I got into it I got into print I got into I met all vendors and I started doing my research and I got into it heavy and then I realized like if I can't walk into the print shop and see the press or see my plates before they get run mm. I don't do this anymore I did it for about yeah. four years and I was like you know what it's too much of a stress. this is stressed full because the slightest the slightest mistake on a hot full stamp -hmm. You know, the plate. This is talking about quarter inch magnesium or quarter inch copper. Like it's it's molded and custom created to have that image on it. If there is the slightest mistake on the design file, it's going on the plate and then the invitations Mm -hmm. are ruined. Hot full stamp invitations cost anywhere between 200 to thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. when you do hot full stamp, right? And so a lot of people don't realize it's expensive. So it's expensive for me. And I had to charge you because it was expensive to make it because it's custom from the ground up. And I had a recent job where my client had hot full stamp business cards on both sides and the paper was duplexed. And then he wanted to edge paint, gild the business cards and the plates were missing a letter. And it wasn't the design file. It was the plate itself for some reason, Mm -hmm. like, the it, it wasn't connecting and, and there was like an e or something that was missing after that i was like you know what forget it i'm gonna just send you your money back and my client was like but why i said because this is too stressful to complete this <laughs> job and as much as i like you and i'd really like to keep your thousand dollars i'm not gonna do that to you i was like that's just it's not right it's not right it's not fair and so i understand that because it's like it's too many it's too many holes with things like that there's like yeah. you know, sometimes it's okay to give a refund we only give refunds for production Okay, yeah. we do not give refunds for time spent to actually do it because the time was spent. Like yeah. you, you can't, you can't get that back. You can't get that, that back.
1: That one, only one, re, one of those refunds was for the time and that was the chargeback. Only chargebacks right. I've ever received. That was my first chargeback ever. And I mm-hmm. have not received a chargeback since. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. Okay. All right and you know again with the other with the other job again it was a it was a production only job she already had the the, the file Design. signed and um she I don't do enough production only jobs to warrant me being you know to warrant Strict me actually him. having you know full control mm-hmm. over that so that's why right. I use what I use um, that's why I use who I use but mm-hmm. yeah okay
0: so we are both members of a very cool facebook group and this facebook group has introduced me to the world of the graphic artist guild right and so the graphic artist guild has this wonderful book called pricing and ethical guidelines yes it's a shameless plug but if you're a designer you don't have this book you need this book okay (laughs) look at it look at it you need this book. And the reason why I bring it up is because um, when we went on our break, we briefly talked about pricing. Mm-hmm. And, um, this, this episode in particular is about the money. This, you bitch better have my money. I'm, I'm, you think I'm playing? When we air this on YouTube, I'm about to have the music playing in the background with my little disclaimer, I don't own the rights to this music. I'm not getting paid <laughs> for this, y'all. But um, in this book, it really does lay out the, the ethical pricing for the time spent, the software needed, all the bits and pieces for how much to charge a client to do a job, right? And so I brought it up because the first question is, do you even have your book from college still or is it just tucked away somewhere and you don't quite know where it is?
1: Yeah, I have no idea where that book is. And that book is from <laughs> 2006. Okay. So it wouldn't, even <laughs> it wouldn't even apply now, almost 20 years ago. Oh my god, yes. hmm No. It's 2020. It was 14 years ago. 14, 14 years ago. Yeah. So yeah,
0: that's almost 20 years. That's on the other side of 20 years. That's more 15, than 10 years.
1: 15, yeah, 15 years ago.
0: All right, so, girls. Now this is the 15th edition.
1: So yours is like what? Like the 10th the edition? The first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I don't even know what edition it was. It was just something <sighs> our professors told us to get and we got. And there was like a student version, there was like a student price or at the time, or I don't know, maybe the professor knew somebody to give it to us. I don't even remember how I got it, but I got my hands on one. Uh, And the, it's so weird because when I was in college, uh we, we just, you just thought you were gonna make so much money as a designer, Uh you know? especially where I live for the, uh, for the audience out there, I live in the North, I live in Northern New Jersey, New York city area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you just, you know, there was no way you were going to graduate and not make forty, forty five, fifty thousand $50,000 on your first job.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
1: when I was going on interviews, the, 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 what the, the price rate, the salary ranges were around 35 to 45 on the lowest okay. end. on the lowest end maybe around 30 okay someone I graduated with his first job right out of college paid him 60,000 dollars a little jealous wow. <laughs> wow it was it was a pharmaceutical company and that's the one thing that my um my professors used to drive to us they said you want to get into pharmaceutical advertising pharmaceutical design that's where the money is you hit I it thought, I found it so boring though. So I didn't want to go. (laughs) I found it so boring. So I didn't go. I didn't pursue. I didn't pursue pharmaceutical. Think about it though. Like technically you're helping the drug dealers. (laughs) Yes, you are. You're And you know, it's not the most, it's, it's not the most creative work. They, a lot of pharmaceutical companies have gotten better at their advertising over the year, Uh but it's not at the time it wasn't the most creative work. So I'm like. And there's so many guidelines, the FDA and all these guidelines you have to hear to you it could be pretty stifling, you know, to your to your creativity. But if you do get a job, you you're probably making well over a hundred K right now. So you at least my school. I hear Mm -hmm. a lot of people's differences. I'm I'm realizing that a lot of people's experiences and and their design program or their design school was very different from mine. So Mm You think, of, you think you're going to make all this money and then you graduate and then you don't. And I graduated right in the middle of the last recession.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it, just, it was just bad all around. Right. And then I, you know, I, made, I made that up by you know, being a freelanc- uh, you know freelancing at different places. I freelanced, I freelanced um, for a, a publishing company. I freelanced for Errol Postel. I freelanced for Gucci for a really, really tiny job. Um, years ago. And being in these corporate art departments, being in these corporate art departments, and then being at, you know, being a designer at some of these agencies that I've worked, um, that I worked at, the, some of them paid well, others, you know, not so well. And it's just, you realize that people don't value design. Mm-hmm. And not just in, and and not just designers of color either. I'm in I'm in graphic design groups that, where they're predominant where they're predominantly uh, white as well, and mm-hmm. they have the same they have the same complaints. But here's the thing: our low. Well, let's go back to logo design. Our mm-hmm. low ball for logo design might be like fifty dollars, mm-hmm. but in these other groups, their low ball is like three hundred dollars oh wow you know (laughs) that's that's
0: that's different you know know what that's a whole nother conversation we'd have to talk about it's like the cultural differences between what we consider a struggle and what they consider a struggle you know what I mean like exactly I wish three hundred dollars was man it's lowball for us now but (laughs) (laughs) we'll start now I wish lowball was three hundred dollars at least that would constitute two days of work you know what I'm saying like that would qualify yeah well at least a
1: bill you know so i feel like if other people i mean and i'm talking about american designers here you know american american european australian because when i'm in these when i'm in these when i'm in in this when i'm in these design groups those are usually the um countries that are represented canada as well
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um those are usually the countries that are represented um, the most so we're not talking about designers who are in the Philippines and India and all other stuff. You know, $300 might be a dream. Right. You know, we're talking about, you know, first world um, developed companies, I mean countries There, where $300 is considered a low ball. But then when we go into these design groups with people of color, there are people actually answering these, my budget is only $50. Um, better things. save up, honey. I... <laughs> And then some people will argue, will start arguing with them. Mm-hmm. I scroll on by now, mm-hmm. unless I see some real wretchedness. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, now you're just being disrespectful. So right. it's it's, it's different if you're just ignorant to the fact, to how much this stuff actually costs. Mm-hmm. But if you start getting a little disrespectful and saying that, you know, I remember there was somebody who, who said, you know, y'all ain't getting rich off of me, and y'all ain't using me to keep your lights on. I'm like, that is totally our job to use you right. to keep our lights on. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how this works. Like, what?
0: What oh if your God.
1: What if your boss walked up to you and said, "I ain't using, uh, like, you know, you are like, you ain't right. using me to keep your lights think,
0: on. Right. I'm just oh. not
1: gonna I'm just not gonna give you your check this week. How about that? Right.
0: Like that, oh Lord, you know what? We gonna stop that right there. We gonna stop that okay, right there. Yeah. Cause I feel, yep, down the
1: rabbit hole we go. Yeah, I was like,
0: we about to go a whole nother, that's gonna be a panel. That's a panel right there. I already wrote down the topic. Don't be that client. <laughs> and, and we gonna have a panel cause that, yes, Lord, yes. Okay, so with that, today's topic was, um, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. because we've hit our 30 minutes and I want people to come back and listen to us again. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, today we talked about um, invoicing. We talked about how to get clients to invoice. We talked about what to expect to pay when you, contact a creative not just a graphic designer not just a marketing consultant but if you contact a PR agent if you contact an artist especially if you commission something from an artist you're gonna pay for it because you're not mm-hmm. only paying for their time but you're paying for their brain power to come up with a concept to give you what you need
1: okay um, and let me interject really quick I used to yes. work at an art supply store that paint those, that paint those brushes those are all expensive one paintbrush one little tiny paintbrush can cost you like forty five dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're gonna use at least ten different brushes on your on your on your paintings.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's four hundred fifty dollars well, right
1: there. Pencils, pencils. I um, there's an artist that I mentor, and when I bought her her first professional set, um, mm-hmm. that one was that one was fifty dollars, but it was like you know semi semi professional. But there are pencils that can, a pencil set can cost you well over a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about there's thousands of pencils in this kit either. There's like, tw- there's like 12.
0: Right. You know? <laughs> right.
1: This ain't Crayola, y'all. <laughs> this is
0: not Crayola. This is not Crayola. And with that, if you want your designer to value your project, you have to value your designer and trust in their professional creativity but you have to value your designer's will to make sure that they want you to win as much as you want them to help you win. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And as long as you and your designer have that connection, as long as y'all mesh together and y'all can communicate with each other, then even when it comes to money, that won't even be a problem because it'll be a natural transaction. It'll be like, all right, got the deposit in, let's get to work. All right, mm-hmm. we've hit this milestone, we've hit this date or whatever. I need my money. All right, cool. No problem. I saved it for you. I was just waiting for the invoice. Mm-hmm. Pay the invoice. All right, let's move on to the next phase. And bam, you know what I'm saying? Like we we got the phases. Um, you got your invoices, you got your payments, and I got paid, you got what you need, and now we can tee hee hee and ha 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 about the simple shit and regular day stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so with that, thank you so much for coming back. Like I am so, so happy you came back. I was so excited and I was ready me. to talk to you again. I was like, yes. And then you're <laughs> my first interview. So I was like, yes, this is full circle. This is it. This is how I
1: planned it. And it came out.
0: Yay. <laughs> um, Just thank you so much, Katani, for coming back. I look forward to uh, our panel discussion on Don't Be That Client. <sighs> it's going to yes. be awesome. But I look forward to our panel discussion. I look forward to um, connecting with you again. Um. Everybody, make sure
1: to find her. It's the K district.
0: Where can people find you?
1: Yes. So you can find me. You can find me one of three ways. You can find me in the easiest way is in my Facebook community, find your brand superpower.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, the name,
1: um, that's the name of it now because I did shorten it. So once again, the, e- the easiest way is to find me in my Facebook community, find your brand superpower pretty lit in, pretty pretty it gets pretty lit in there sometimes especially with our monthly facebook vent sessions
0: mm-hmm. where we
1: allow people to vent about whatever you want whether it's your business your personal life whatever and then the second way if you want to connect with me on a more professional level you can connect at www.thekdistrict.com or www.powerbrandcourses.com
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the epic the glitter podcast I'm your host, Ashley of A. Louise Creative, where we shine the spotlight on women of color in the industry of graphic design, brand design, marketing strategy, and brand strategy. A special thanks to my guests for joining us today, and we'll be here next week for our next episode of Epsa Glitter. You can find us on your favorite podcast broadcast station, iTunes, Spotify, Google Cast, and others. We look forward to seeing you next week.